Welcome back into the Royals Farm Report. My name is Joel Penfield, joined as always by Alex Duvall. How are you doing tonight? Joel, I'm doing good. Our first week of minor league baseball is in the books, so um, ready to ready for a full season. I know obviously we missed 2020, so it was good to see minor league baseball back for a full week of action. So um, everybody's got a day off tomorrow, and then action picks back up again on Tuesday for a new six-game set. So uh, get, a, get a nice little break tomorrow. No baseball tomorrow night, no Royals, no minor league baseball. So it'll be a nice break, and then back at it on Tuesday. Yeah, considering how the week went for the big league club, it was pretty nice to follow the guys that, you know, with what we do in the minor leagues for the first time in well over a year. So it, this was a fun week. So we're going to go through Columbia Quad Cities, uh, Northwest Arkansas and Omaha. That's you know, going to be the kind of the way we roll things uh, here moving forward. Uh, the episode's coming out on Monday on the off day. And then we'll get into the, the, pre, the next six games the following week. So that's kind of the structure with how we're going to roll uh, over the next uh, the next few months as the season rolls on. On the back half of this episode as well, we're going to be joined by Will Klein, current Royals uh, current minor league reliever. We have number 13 in our prospect rankings, currently with uh, Quad Cities in high A. Uh, had his first outing of the year, a little rougher than he wanted, I'm sure. We're going to talk to him about that and his journey uh, from you know Eastern Illinois through to now and see where things are at. But super excited about that. And are you ready? Let's, let's go ahead and get right on into it here. So the uh, our Columbia Fireflies, their low A affiliate in the South Atlantic League or whatever they're calling it now, went three and three against the uh, Augusta Green Jackets. What were some of your big takeaways from what we saw out of the low A club this week? Yeah, I mentioned over uh, on the Twitter account a couple times that 20 year old center field prospect Diego Hernandez really impressed me uh, this week. He's been in the Royal System since 2018. Uh, he made his low A debut this this past week. Um, really, really athletic looking uh, prospect. He has a lot of of really loud tools. He ran really well. He put the bat on the ball consistently. He made a really good throw in center field. He tracked the ball down in center field well. I was really impressed with what I saw from Diego Hernandez. Getting a twenty year old center fielder. Um, we'll, we'll continue to follow him a little bit. He hit. Um, Oh, what did he hit for the week? Diego Hernandez. He hit 400 for the week, so good week for him. Uh, that's you know that's good for a 156 WRC plus down in a league where there's not a ton of offense typically in low A. So good for him. Um, didn't strike out a ton. Put the ball in play. Ran well. Defended well. So excited to get an extended look at him. Tucker Bradley, undrafted free agent out of Georgia last summer, uh, was outstanding. Probably the uh, the Fireflies' best player last week, even though we only had 13 plate appearances. Hit 375, hit a home run, or I'm sorry, he hit, he hit a double. Um, posted a 225 WRC plus while he was down there. Uh, just looked really good this week, even though he didn't play every day. Um, excited to see how his professional career will unfold here in the next in the next couple months or so. I don't know what the plan is down there. They've got a lot of, lot of position guys they're going to need. Like, like typically there's the guys you'd want to get everyday playing time that aren't going to get it because there's too many of them. So we'll see what that looks like in low A. But Tucker Bradley, Diego Hernandez uh, were a couple guys that specifically stood out to me this past week. But um, otherwise, the team as a whole, three and three, um, you know, look, looked really good. And they're a team that's definitely going to be worth watching here as the season unfolds. 
Absolutely. Tucker Bradley was a guy that I, I was very intrigued by when the Royals picked him up. You, you see the video. I mean, the, the power jumps off the page a little. Just the, the swing finish, everything. Uh, he was a guy I mentioned on the previous episode that I was I was really curious about as a guy that you know could really pop this year if he showed the, some of the tools that he showed in about that half season in Georgia before uh, this COVID, before COVID ended the season. Uh, ben Hernandez made his professional debut for the Royals in Columbia as well. The changeup is as advertised. It's really good. Um, you know, he, he had a few command issues there in that, the, you know, the last couple of innings that he pitched, but he was flashing his curveball a little more than we knew when we thought he would. It would mostly thought it would mostly be kind of like Jackson Carr where it's fastball change, but showing some confidence to throw that pitch early and try and get outs with it, which I think says a lot about where, you know, the Royals think about his development and what they want from him, you know, as an 18, 19-year-old kid, you know, making his professional debut. It says a lot about where, you know, where they want to see him. And fastball was pretty solid as well. Overall, I, I like what I saw from him. I didn't know what to expect from a kid like that. Uh, it, it's tough to tell when you get some of those young kids in and just kind of throw them to the fire a little bit. But I, I, I'm very curious where we, what we see from him developmentally moving forward. Yeah, another guy who looked good on the mound was uh, Adrian Alcantara. He got 5.2 innings in across a couple different outings between last – well, they got rained out. So last Wednesday and then today, struck out 10 in those 5.2 innings. So Adrian Alcantara is another guy who looked really good on the mound um, for the Roy- – I'm sorry, for the Royals' low-A affiliate down there in Columbia. Um, so, again, you know, just, just – it's, it's just been a week. But there's, there's some really good performances, some guys that are, you know, worth being excited about, some guys that are worth watching. So – uh, we'll continue to monitor that Columbia team, but off to a decent start at three and three. Absolutely. Moving on to the high A team, the Quad Cities River Bandits. They went three and two. Their Sunday game got banged. I think it's going to be a. I think they're going to moving it to a series in July or August next time they play South Bend at home. And a three and a three and two week, not not too bad. You know, a lot of bigger name prospects are there. Ace Lacey, uh, Will Klein. We're going to talk to you later. Our guy Vinny uh, Suli is there as well. Uh, what, what were some of your takeaways here? Yeah, that Quad Cities team is a lot of fun. I mentioned before the season started that they were probably going to be the team that I watched the most. And looking back on my on my week uh, of who I watched, um, between them and Double A, that turned out to be true. I watched a lot of the Quad Cities. I watched a lot of those guys at Double A as well. But uh, in the Quad Cities, you know, Nick Lofton only played in a couple games, but he hit 400, hit his first career home run, his first career plate appearance. Uh, Jason Guzman looked really good in um, 15 plate appearances for Quad Cities. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino hit a couple of home runs. Um, Suli Matias had three extra base hits in a span of two days. Michael Massey looked pretty good. Nathan Eaton looked pretty good. Really, there was a lot to like from that team down there in the Quad Cities, and as well as the pitching staff, by the way. The pitching staff is probably going to be loaded. Asa Lacey, Zach Hockey, Angel Zerpa. Yohansi Morrell, Will Klein, Grant, Grant Gambrell. I mean, there's a lot of pitchers that are that are worth keeping an eye on, on with that team as well. So uh, between high A and double A are the teams I'm going to be watching the most, and, and that you know turned out to be true. That that high A team, man, they're a lot of fun. Asa Lacey's start, he kind of got a little bit rocky in the third. Zach Hockey, same way in the third inning. The wheels fell off just a little bit. Um, but Grant Gambrell had a great start. He made it through all five innings. Angel Zerpa had a great start. He made it through all five of his innings. So uh, we'll continue to keep um, a very close eye on that team in the Quad Cities. Um, hopefully going to be up there here pretty soon to see them live as well. 
Yeah, I'm hoping to get up and see those guys. Well, we might need to take a weekend trip or something up there to go and watch those guys once I get up to Kansas City here in a couple of weeks. But th- this is a team that I was really excited about. I kept up with as much as I possibly could. My work week, of course, one of my busiest work weeks of the year happened to fall right as the minor league season started. So that was a little unfortunate, but I was able to see some stuff, you know, that I that I could be our Vinny. You know, <laughs> that three hits on the weekend, but two of them were home runs. You know, that that's kind of what he's going to do. He's going to, you know, hit for a ton of power or with a little bit of swing this year and there. But I'm hoping that, he, you know, he can up that average a little bit, get that OPS up a little bit. Suli, from what I from what I see, you know, from what I heard and the few clips I saw, like he put together some decent at-bats. Still, I mean, there's still swing and miss in there. That's always going to be a thing with him. But if he can make enough consistent contact, you know, the ball flies whenever he does. So for him to get some of those early extra base hits and not really strike out a ton, I think says a lot about where he's at right now. And hopefully can, we can move up to Northwest Arkansas here pretty soon. Tyler Gentry striking out in nearly half his plate appearances was a little odd. I, I had a little higher, you know, I had some pretty high expectations for him as well, you know, relative to being a, you know, a, a college prospect kind of where I think we had him in like the mid twenties or low thirties uh, for our, you know, our prospect rankings. But that, that one was a little odd. Hopefully he, he turns it around a little bit. I know Nick Lofton, I think he hit a home run in one of his first plate appearances. So that's, you know, it's good to see for a Royal second round pick there. There, there's still a lot to like about this team. Asa Lacey, I mean, from the clips I saw in the first inning, I mean, he he looked, I mean, you can see the kind of stuff and the, just the ability he has. And if he can stretch that out over five, six innings, he won't be in, in quad stays for very long either. So there is a lot to like about where this team is at early on and see where we go next week. Absolutely. Um, if we, if you want to move on to double A, the double A team, similarly to uh, the – uh, the high A team, there's a lot of guys to watch, and they got off to a flying start. Nick Prado homered in the opener for double for the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. MJ Melendez homered twice in that opening game. Um, Bobby Witt Jr.'s playing down there, obviously. Uh, Clay Dungan is, is back. He has gone all the way from rookie ball to double A after being in big league camp. Brewer Hickland at double A. Rudy Martin is back and healthy. He was absolutely um, on top of his game this week. Uh, for the Naturals, the the pitching staff down there is absolutely loaded between Jonathan Heasley, Jonathan Bolin, Alec Marsh, Marcelo Martinez. Um, there's a lot of good arms down there as well. So a lot of lot of fun to be able to follow that team. They had a great week. Uh, got off to a three and two start. They were rained out uh, today. Today is Sunday. So um, you know a lot of fun watching them this week. It was fun to see Bobby Wood Jr. in action, even though he did not have a very good week. Uh, but it was fun to get to see them in action. Yeah, for sure. I'll start with the pitching staff. John Boland's one of my favorite dudes in this in this system. You know, 10 strikeouts for him in five innings. Alec Marsh had nine strikeouts. Didn't give up a hit in his five. Uh, my guy John Heasley had a pretty good outing there for a little while. Yeah, Nick, and just seeing Nick Prado at least have that first game that he did is really good. He, you know, six, but he has six walks in 15 at bats. I don't know how many play it was in 21 plate appearances. So that's a really that's encouraging, despite the the average and the you know the OBP that you're seeing. Uh, that's at least encouraging to be seeing the ball well. Things are gonna are gonna adjust from there. Bobby Witt had a really tough week, but I'm not gonna try and sound any sort of alarm or freak anybody out. It's what we're talking about here is like an 11 to 15 at bat sample. That's so small over the course of the season. There we're going to see weeks like this. It just happens to be the first week of the year. If he hits, you know, he's he he could hit 400 next week for all we know, and the numbers are going to look ridiculous. So. 
I'm not worried about it at all. But yeah, he he did have some rough at bats there. But that's still you know kind of expected for a guy that this is his first taste of the minor leagues, really. So of true minor league ball outside of Arizona. So it, it's not going to be that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, MJ had a good had a good first couple of games again, and only two strikeouts in thirteen plate appearances. So that's not that's pretty encouraging as well. He struck out at a ton in Wilmington and in Lexington to you know, to a certain extent. So a lot to like here. Uh, I mean, I have a lot, I've been I feel like I'm beating a dead horse saying there's a lot to like, but it's true that we're seeing some really encouraging things early on for a lot of these guys in this in this organization. Yeah, you talk about Prado and Melinda specifically. Uh, MJ Melendez has a strikeout to walk ratio or a walk to strikeout ratio of two and Nick Prado's is at 1.2. So two guys who are, who moved up from high A to double A who struck out a ton at high A and are currently walking more than they've struck out. Nick Prado strikeout, um, you know, just a few times in 23 plate appearances MJ Melendez just twice. So really good to see that from them, um, t- tuning down the swing and miss looks like they were seeing the ball really well all week. So beyond hitting the ball well, not striking out either is, is a really great sign and hopefully one that'll that'll stick here um, this season. If those two even just hit me- mediocre, but they cut down on their strikeout rate back to an acceptable to an acceptable level, that'll be a great sign for those two and it looks like they were off to a really good start this week. Yeah, for I, I was thinking about this and I don't know what kind of legs this has as a theory but i'm curious for guys like suli and mj and nick who had significant struggles in hiding and by i think significant is putting it lightly for what we saw out of that team i'm curious what that year off did for them now and by year off i mean they weren't playing 120 something minor league games and they just went to the alternate site and they were able to work and just you know work in a different setting on these things I wonder how much of a benefit that could be for these guys like this moving forward. I, you know, being able to get that consistent coaching and not just have to go out and think about the four or five plate appearances they were going to have game in, game out, and, you know, kind of beat them, you know, beat their head into a wall trying to figure things out. I wonder if that, if the year off is going to do anything for them in that regard. So I'll be curious over the next couple of weeks if that kind of fleshes itself out or maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think there's something to that for sure. And it sounded, um, Sounded like when we when we had a media session with Royal Assistant GM and Director of Player Development JJ Piccolo that the guys the guys' mental and the and their psyche was in a really good place. You know, I asked about you know moving from high A to double A. Um, you know, how how do the guys like Prado and or and Melendez how how do you think they are mentally in that advancement? And he goes, you know, we hear them talking more about the championship they won than about their own successes or failures, which I think is really really important and and really can't be understated enough then the importance of winning that championship at high a because no matter how bad you were when your team wins a championship um you know it just gets that bad taste out of your mouth and really the only the only kind of player that wouldn't revel in a championship no matter how bad they were playing is a selfish player that has no business in a team sport anyway so good to see that those guys are in good places mentally and you can tell it's carried over into their first week at double a yeah, absolutely. That is that's a really encouraging mental, you know, mindset for guys like that that have experienced a, a ton of failure early on in their career. For them to be able to think about that before anything else, I think says a lot about the types of guys that they are. And success is going to come for for people like that, whether it's in sports or not. So I that's that's I think that just speaks also to the kind of guys that the Royals have in their organization, not just as ball players, but as people. 
So I, I, you know, want nothing but success with these guys. And I think we're seeing some early indications of some of that success beginning to flesh itself out. For sure. And I think we'd be remiss too, by the way, if we didn't talk about the pitching staff down there at double a Marcelo Martinez, Alec Marsh and Jonathan Bolin, all three of those guys got through all five of their innings of work in their first starts of the year. And all three of them struck out over or at least or more than 50% of the guys they faced. Um, in five innings, Jonathan Boland struck out 10. Alec Marsh and Marcelo Martinez both struck out nine. So um, really, really good sign there from the rotation at double A. That's going to be a team that even when they start moving guys up from high A, as the double A team as guys graduate, reinforcements will be behind them. That's a team that really could compete for the double A title this year. And what are they calling it? The double A central league. Yeah, absolutely. Now moving on lastly to the Omaha storm chasers. Uh, they had a three and three week against former indie ball team, the St. Paul saints. What did you think about what we saw out of these guys? I, I mean, I think Edward Olivares was absolutely nails for this team early on. Uh, that was, that was a pretty fun story to watch. Kyle Isbell's doing his thing, uh, starting to kind of retool things, hopefully to get back to the big leagues here pretty soon. But what else did you see from these guys? Yeah, Edward Olivares finished the regularly scheduled game today. Uh, one, he was one for four with a stolen base. He's now hitting 417 for the week. Uh, Kyle Isbell hit, finished that game three for four. He's hitting 385 for the week. Kelvin Gutierrez also finished three for four. He's also hitting 385 for the week. So uh, a lot of really big performances by guys that you, A, expected to be really good, and B, have a chance to play in the big leagues here pretty soon. Edward Olivares been a big leaguer before, hitting 417. Kyle Isbell just got demoted, 385. Kelvin Gutierrez, he's been there, 385. Uh, Jackson Coar, a guy that they really could use, uh, through 10.2 innings in his first week, uh, struck out. Well, now I can't remember. He struck out five today, and that's to go with he struck yeah. out in 5.2 innings. He struck out nine in his first game. So 10.2, or I'm sorry, 10.1 innings pitched. 14 strikeouts, just a few walks. So really, really good week for Jackson Kowar, really good week for some hitters that could be in the big leagues really soon. Um, and I think there's a decent chance that, you know, there are reinforcements on their way, especially if the likes of Wade Davis and Greg Holland uh, don't start to hit here pretty quickly. Absolutely. And uh, I would also be remiss if we didn't talk about your college roommate, Grant Gavin, here. Six innings pitched, one, you know, one whip, four strikeouts. Uh, that split change that he's throwing now looks really nice. Uh, he could be a guy that if he, you know, puts together a couple more solid outings, you know, he could be knocking on the door as well. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, especially the way the bullpens looked. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk specifically about, you know, where he's at and his – career his development just because i'm afraid i'll jinx it but uh yeah i mean he's he looked really good this week and you know obviously i'm i'm hoping for the best for him absolutely um any other final thoughts you have on any of these guys uh, for this week you know first week of action as i mentioned earlier we're dealing in some pretty small sample sizes here so there's there's only so much we can take away from you know 15 at bats or you know six seven innings but uh what did you think overall that was a really good week overall. Um, the only thing that could have like really made it objectively better is if Bobby Wood Jr. would have had a good week. And I'll, to be frank, he looked really horrible um, in his first week at Double A. Which again, who cares? It's his first real taste of minor league baseball after being in big league camp. He'll be fine. I am zero percent concerned about him. Um, but that is the only thing that could have made this week 
you know, a lot better is if Bobby Witt Jr. would have had a great week and maybe if Daniel Lynch would have pitched well at the big league level. But, you know, can't, can't ask for all good things. So, um, for what we got, it was a pretty good week and uh, just excited to see how these guys uh, continue to play as the season goes on. Absolutely. Looking broader, because even though we are fans of the Royals and this organization, we got to see some other big prospects start to you know play in games consistently for the first time in a while. Who were some other guys across minor league baseball that you got a good look at that you enjoyed watching? Uh, Jared Kelenic of your Seattle Mariners had a really good week uh, for the Seattle AAA team. I didn't, you know, Kansas City did not play Seattle's AAA affiliate. Um, but I did get to see a little bit of Jared Kellenick in action. Looked like Corbin Carroll in Arizona was having a really good run. C.J. Abrams was really, really good uh, at Double A for the Padres. So, like I said, it's just it's just good to have major league or I'm sorry, minor league baseball back. And even if there there weren't some Royals affiliates, Kellenick, Abrams, Corbin Carroll, they all looked really good. They were all a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I watched a lot. I saw a little bit of the Durham Bulls. Uh, Wander Franco and Vidal Brujan had some really good games for them as well. Franco hit a bomb last night. Uh, so did Vidal Brujan. He, he had a lot more sneaky pop than I thought. But no, that was that was really exciting. But I'm gonna talk about two. You know, one guy that I know, and then someone someone else here. But I gotta give a shout out to my buddy Trey Cobb, pitched at Oklahoma State. He uh, is in the Mets organization and finished 2019 going or 2018 in High A. Goes into 2019 a, a week from going to camp, and he tears his and or tears his UCL. Tommy John done for the year, and then all and then 2020 gets knocked. He goes to uh, he goes to Double A Binghamton for the first time. You know, pitches in a, in a minor league game for the first time since I believe it was August 26th of 2018, and gets a shutout inning. Immediately goes up to Triple A three days later. Throws two and two thirds scoreless with a couple of strikeouts. So a guy that I know, a guy that I'm friends with, to see him have that success after such a long uh, period off was was really cool to see. And then if you haven't followed the story, you don't know anything about Drew Robinson, uh, the four, you know guy that bounced around the big leagues a little bit. Um, read into his story, but for that guy to make a AAA roster for the Giants in Sacramento, got his first hit since 2019. Um, it, that was one of the most inspirational stories, one of the coolest things uh, to see. That's a guy that I'm going to be a fan of for the rest of his playing career with the things that uh, he has gone through. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. That's that's one of the best stories in all of sports right now, not just baseball. So I, I hope that maybe he can he can play well enough to get a crack in the big leagues. That would be one of the best stories of the season, regardless. Alex and I are now joined by Will Klein. He was the Royals' fifth-round pick in the 2020 draft out of Eastern Illinois. We have him number 13 in our rankings. Uh, he's joining us just back from uh, the week in South Bend. Uh, I think that you guys just got back to Davenport pretty soon, right? Yeah, we just got back around like 4 o'clock, and we had a little short practice, and then we were on our own. Yeah, with with the game getting banged today, that was I bet that made it a little bit easier to get back and not you know not getting back super late tonight. You have the off day tomorrow, a little more a little more time to adjust to uh, getting ready for Tuesday. Oh yeah, it gives your body time to recover from you know the past like two months or so where you haven't really had an off day like spring training and all that. So it'll be nice to have some fresh legs under us for Tuesday and get the series started off right. For sure, for sure. Well, so you got. Drafted last year in a, in a shortened season for Eastern Illinois. If I, if I remember right, last year, I'm sorry, in 2020 was your first year starting for Eastern Illinois. Is that correct? 
Oh, yeah, it is. So you get your season cut short, um, and then you, you jump into pro ball. What was the adjustment like going from, you know, your first year, getting, the, getting a chance to start in college to jumping into, like, pro ball? If I, I, were, were you at the alternate side at all, or what did, your, what did your workout routine look like all summer? Yeah, so in the summer, uh, basically, they drafted us. We went down to Casey to sign, uh, kind of go over some meetings and rules and stuff. And then we were on our own until uh, Royals and some other teams, including like Rangers, Padres, Mariners, all of them kind of uh, talked to MLB about doing instructs. And so they got our class and uh, most of the 19 and some of the 18 guys down for like what probably was like a usual like fall instructional like camp league. Uh, we played games and just – did stuff like that for all fall. So that kind of got me uh, my toes in the water a little bit uh, for pro ball. Uh, just, it was a big jump, though. Those hitters, uh, they're all professionals. They're, they're not like any college guys. Like college lineups have one or two guys that you can see being pros now. All, all nine in the uh, lineup are. So it's an adjustment having to kind of lock in for one through nine versus just maybe a few. But – uh, it was a blast. I love pro ball. Uh, you don't have to worry about school, which is nice. Uh, but yeah. And then this winter, you know, just shut down for a little bit, uh, worked back up in the early, uh, January, uh, February, March, went to Columbia, uh, for like an early spring training. Then we went to AZ and now we're out here in Davenport, Iowa. No, I, There's, I do, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, so there are all kinds of, you know, I, I hesitate to use the word horror stories, but horror stories about minor league baseball and, you know, the the adjustments a lot of people have to make. I've heard about guys, you know, sharing a three-bedroom apartment with five or six different guys. What was your kind of like your – whether it was last summer, last fall, this spring, what was your kind of like welcome to minor league baseball moment? Like when did you realize like this is the – this is kind of the, the life that you look at in Bull Durham or – the rookie or the whatever whatever movie you used to watch, whatever image you had of minor league baseball in your yeah. head, like what was your you know, your welcoming party? Well, I hadn't really had the travel yet. Uh South Bend was only like four hours, but um just mine it wasn't any like bedroom like housing situation or any of that. It was just uh waking up, going to the field, going home, thinking about practice the next day and just it's only baseball. Uh and that that was something I had to get used to because like, you know, you got weights in the morning in college, you go to class, you come home practice. When I got to worry about homework, tests, studying, all that, well, here is just, well, what do I have to worry about now? Uh, just practice tomorrow. And so, uh, or your next game or whatever. And so that was, that was like nice. Like it, it gives you something like, lets you uh, focus in a little bit more uh, to baseball. And I, I really enjoyed that. Well, just having to think about baseball. What a life, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous right, of that. I'm jealous of that. In a little bit, but for now, it's just baseball. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Enjoy that. Uh, go, oh, yeah. Going going back to uh, last summer, uh, you get drafted by the Royals in the fifth round of a five round, um, a five round draft. What was that? Take us through that day and getting the call and and learning that you were going to become a Kansas City Royal. Yeah, that uh, that was an interesting day. I know. I like. I tried to treat it like a normal day in the morning like I woke up I did like my plyo routine like got some throwing in uh probably ran a little bit like hung out with family like went out to eat and all that uh and then when it came time I just went uh to living room with my family members uh girlfriend some extended family members and we just turned on the tv because I didn't I didn't really know 
uh, what round it was going to be in, I heard anywhere from like three to five. And so I was just sitting, talking to my agent the whole time, like about what was going on. I uh, heard some things that weren't like uh, solid. And so I was like getting my hopes up a little bit before and then down after you like you see that who they actually picked and stuff. And then um, he uh, texted me at the end of the fourth round and he's like, uh, I got an offer from the Royals. It's for uh, whatever my sign bonus was on the fifth round. Will you take it? And I was like, absolutely. Dayton Moore calls me at the start of the fifth round, says they're going to take me. I can't, can't tell you uh, I've ever been happier in my life. I uh, went down, told, told my family members. I think everyone started crying. Um, and it was just like a, a 20 years in the making, dream come true. And so there's not, nothing like it. Oh, that's awesome, man. That that's so. I love hearing those stories and what that experience is like for for everybody. It's it's so cool because it's not just it's obviously you know it's your accomplishment, but that you think about all the people in that room that also oh, got yeah. you there. That that's yep. so cool that you got to sh you get to share that experience with them. I think that's one of the coolest parts of watching the MLB draft, the NFL draft, whatever it is, and to see all the family members be just as excited because you know they played an they played a part and they had an impact in you getting to live out your dream as well. Oh, yeah. The, the amount of hours and, like, dollars my parents spent, like, taking the tournaments and lessons and all that stuff back then and then them seeing me get to, like, go on and play professionally and realize, like, hey, we didn't just waste all that. Like, I'm that, that definitely uh, made me feel grateful. That's awesome, man. So you got to finally live out that dream this week, run out there for your first professional <laughs> outing on Saturday. Uh, what were the nerves like? Were you, were you juiced up or were you, were you pretty calm? Uh, I'd like to say I wasn't nervous, but that's not true. Um, <laughs> I, I was definitely a little nervous. Like, uh, night before, I felt fine. It's like, oh, it's going to be like any other outing. And then Gam they told me Gambrell was done uh, after the fifth. I was like, holy crap, I got I to go pitch in a professional game. And it was it, it just started setting in, like, right then, like, a little bit. Like, I got bullpen. I uh, started going, felt fine, like, felt like I normally do. Uh, everything looked good, and I got out there. And I was like holy crap, this is, this is real now. And I think I just got in my head a little bit. Like, uh, mountain wasn't probably in like perfect shape. And so I like, my footing wasn't great. And so I, I ended up like walking that first dude and then I got in my head, but I got the next dude O2, uh, and he hit a curveball in the four hole. And, and I was like, man, two guys on no outs, uh, started thinking a little too much, like trying to just place the ball instead of throwing it by guys like I normally do. Uh, then things got spiraled. I got a double play like saved myself uh just from absolutely like turning the game around giving the south bend a chance but it wasn't what i wanted a lot to learn from it but uh glad i got out of the way one yeah. thing that i can imagine is is a big learning curve for from pro ball to college ball is that i was watching the game that curveball that got poked out in the four hole was wasn't a bad pitch and the guy i mean literally just flicked the ball out into the outfield yep. i'm sure in college a lot of times you can throw that same exact pitch and get away with it, whereas in pro ball, I mean, those guys, you know, a pitch that's not borderline perfect is going to get hit in some capacity. Is that is that something that's just going to take some time to just continue to learn is, hey, because you mentioned it earlier, you know, college lineup has one or two guys you can see going pro. And the pros, you know, it's all nine. So um, I can imagine that was, you know, maybe a, well, you know, welcome to the <laughs> welcome to a new world. Yeah. Like, uh, but first guy, I got 3-2, walked him, you know. Uh, and then Prolaza comes up, and this man's been taking hacks all weekend. Like, he's he's shown that he's going to get his swing off. 
And so I got him 0-2, and I thought I set him up uh, pretty well with two high fastballs that he foul tipped behind. And so, like, okay, I know my curveball. I know I'm going to get him out here. I threw it like I – I, I, I left it a little too high. Uh, I should have had it down a little more. But uh, I thought it was good. I see him. I was like, oh, I got a second baseman right there. And I turn around, and we were shifted. And there's nothing you do about it. You got the data on these guys where, you know, they're going to pull a lot. And so – he was one of those guys that tend to be pull heavy because he's getting those ace swings off every time. And he just – first time all week I'd seen him just flick a baseball and he put it right where they weren't. And, yeah, it's just – he beat me there. Like, that's a, that's a professional AB if I've ever seen one. And so, yeah, definitely different. You're not seeing that in college. College guys are taking that or just looking like an idiot and swinging over it. And so uh, – I learned a little bit. You got to be a little more precise with that curveball. So what? What is your? What was your biggest takeaway? Once you get off the mound, you're done for the day. And what do you look to improve for either mentally, mechanically, physically, whatever it is in your, you know, in your prep, your bullpen? Uh, how? What do you want to do differently from that? You know, that outing to your next one. Um. Like, physically, I know I have everything I need to to perform well at A, double A, triple A, even the big leagues right now. And so it's, it was just mentally for me. Like, I was I was in there, um, and I just let, let the game speed up. Like, I let that first guy get on. I did well that second hitter, but then he got on. And so I just started, like, nitpicking, like, oh, man, I just got to throw, like, a fastball down the middle here. Like, I was trying to place it. Where, and I know, like – any other time of the day, if I try to place a baseball, it's not going to go where I want it to. Like, I got to stay aggressive and try to, like, throw it in there, actually, instead of just, like, trying to soft and, like, throw it kind of on the corners. And when I throw it hard, it goes where I want it to. And so I just let speed up, like, started rushing a little bit and all that. And I just – I wasn't, like, breathing or, like, taking my time up there. Like, I, I felt like I got a little too anxious, like, just let the game speed up on me. And so after I got out, I realized I only gave up one run. Uh, I know I walked four dudes, but it honestly went better than it should have if you look at the line. So that's something I can be grateful for and just uh, learn and move on from that. Sounds like you were making your you making your professional debut or something. <laughs> yeah, no, not the best one, but it's there. Hey, now it's out of the way. Um, you know, we've enjoyed watching you. The, the clips that you know that your coach was posting all off season. I went back and was able to watch. Uh, starter two from your time at Eastern Illinois. It's fun to watch you pitch, and and you know there's there's something about um, you know confidence that breeds more confidence. And, and watching guys on the mound, um, you know, fires up infielders, it fires up the guys on the bench, and so it, it's fun to watch guys with a lot of energy and a lot of confidence play baseball. Because again, you know, a lot of times confidence breeds more confidence. So uh, you know, and I enjoyed watching you pitch the other day. I'm looking forward to getting to see you throw, throw some more here in the near future. So, um, man, we really appreciate you um, joining us tonight and, and good luck to you moving forward. And, you know, hopefully the next time we have you on, it's after you've gotten promoted to double-A AA or triple-A because you were mowing down everybody in your path and they couldn't help but promote you. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. That's, that's going to be the plan for the next few weeks. I'm just going to go and just – they're not going to touch the baseball, you know. Uh, it's going to be a good time. That's the mentality you got to have, man. I love that. Before we get you out of here, we ask this question to everybody that we have on as a guest. Uh, if you could go back and watch one moment in baseball history, live, in person, you're there, oh. what, do you, what would it be? 
Dude, I, I know I play for the Royals now, but uh, my family have been Cubs fans for however many years. And so just going back, uh, take my dad and grandpa to the last play of the World Series uh, with Chris Bryant throwing it to Rizzo. I think that that'd be the one moment probably. That, that is one of the best moments in baseball history, regardless of era, time, whatever. Yeah. Like, to, to end the curse there, I don't think there was anybody that, like, if you're a Cleveland Indians fan, you're rooting for the Indians. Everybody else in the country was rooting for the Cubs. They had to. I think oh, even Cardinals, I'm sure even Cardinals fans in the heart <laughs> of hearts was sitting there going, all right, I just want to see him do it. Like, I, I, I would hope oh, at yeah. least. Yeah. No, that, that was super cool. I will always remember where I was when – Rizzo catches the ball, and pro move by Rizzo to pocket the ball too. That, oh that yeah, was, just that, in his back pocket, just runs, and everyone's jumping up and down. And you know, you got Zobrist; he was a royal, so I guess that counts. So back back to back rings for that guy. That that's yeah, you know that that was good. I'll always root for for sure. Well, Will, thank you so much for for joining us. Hopefully, we can get you on later this year. Uh, as you're hopefully you're moving up in the organization as well. Uh, before you get out of here, plug your social media real quick so that our our, uh, our listeners can give you a follow. Yeah, Twitter is Will Klein zero. Klein is K L E I N. Uh, Instagram is just it's Will Klein without any vowels, so it's W L L K L N. That's all I got. But thank you guys. Yep, absolutely. Look forward to good luck the rest of the way, and look forward to having you on again soon. Sounds good. I'll see you guys.